coming up next on the Passionately Married podcast. Absolutely. And, and we do often feel um, very lonely when we're grappling with big decisions. And so to your point, uh, talking to people who have faced these types of decisions and moved through them and you know anything that you can do to feel less alone and to feel more in control, putting yourself in the driver's seat of your own destiny is so important. So Pam, you know the idea that um, wedding season is going on right now. Spring is oftentimes wedding season, sure. right? Sure, yeah. And engagement rings are part of the picture from at some point. Typically, yes. But do you yes. know, you know, what's the typical, what's the phrase they use on what the, how much did you spend on a on an engagement ring? Well, I've, you know, I hear it two to three months of right. And do you know wage. where that thing came from? The I idea no there idea. should be a way, two, two to three months salary is what you should spend on an engagement ring. Well, prior to the World War II, uh-huh. only about, well, let's see, there was less than 80% of the rings out there for engagement rings had diamonds involved with it. Okay. And then the with the depression that was going on, it was killing De Beers, which, which owned roughly 60% of the diamond industry at okay. that point. So as uh, now in the 20th century, 80% of the engagement rings do have diamonds involved. Okay. Right? So in that gap. And so they launched some campaigns and several of them just they depicted a woman with a, a face of you know joy and glee and, and a scarf <laughs> and a hand with a with a ring on it and one of the phrases was how can you make two months salary last forever and that's where it came from that's where it came from and so it's all in advertising essence the owners of the market set the expectation completely for how it's supposed to happen. Tell me that how that's not a conflict of interest. <laughs> well, that's real. That happens all the time now, right? It, it, well, that's the advertising on TV with you deserve this. This is what makes you so good, right? So it's the right. same thing today. You're so right. Well, this is Passionately Married Podcast alongside my wife, where what we want to try to do is set the expectation of what the nation wants. <laughs> they help frame where we go. Yeah. And what we think will help create a better, more passionate, vibrant marriage, uh, one that's fully alive. And so today, uh, on today's episode, we get a chance to be joined by Abby Davidson mm -hmm. and her book, Money and, oh, I'm sorry, Money and Love. I, I keep getting those mixed up. I'll own love it. and money, money and love. Money it's and love, money, love and money and love. They go back and forth, but Money and Love is her book. And we dive into just the whole process of how that came to be and what are the main points that she recognizes and you had a couple that stood out to you uh well yeah i mean claire number one she uses the word clarifying they've got their five c's right and i think of that there's been so many things we're going through right now that talks about expectations to me clarifying is what are my expectations right. and and defining for myself what those are right so that i can move on better and we're seeing this with us we're seeing this with our son just last night in an event he had an understanding we all have to understand what our own expectations are. And and she so cleanly puts it that lots of times we don't even know what those are. Absolutely. And we don't understand that we have them. And then we blame our spouse or our sur surroundings or our situations or our family members because it didn't go the way we wanted and we didn't even know what it is we really wanted. Right. And so she yeah. they've, they've got a great framework to... to yeah lay out for you make yes. it clear and then on the extended content today which is deeper longer and there's no ads subscribe at passionatelymarried.net forward slash academy 
we continue it and we go a little more personal with her conversation of how this has played out in her life and the communication aspect of one of the five C's and and just get a little more behind the scenes of how does it really play out Mm -hmm. in life. So all that's coming up on today's show. Ladies, our friends at Manscaped are here with a deal that you can't pass over this Easter season. See what they did there? I totally get what they're doing here, yes. (laughs) They've got the tools to give the man in your life the ability to beautifully be decorated every part of his body. Make sure his downstairs is trimmed and get him feeling sweet as candy by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off plus free shipping with code PASSION. Love feeling sweet as candy. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to put all your eggs into the perfect basket with the Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped. Inside this Care Bunny basket... You'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Fantastic. Weed Whacker 2.0 ear and nose trimmer. Crop Preserver deodorant. Crop Reviver toner. Ditto. Performer boxer briefs. And a travel bag to hold his goodies. Love it. The Easter Bunny dropped off an extra special gift with performance package by adding the upgraded Weed Whacker 2.0. Nose and ear hair trimmer, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tucks. Not tucks, but tugs. Tugs. Which nobody wants a tuck or a tug. (laughs) Not in your your nose nose or your ear. ear. Ouch, that hurts. So save 20% off and free shipping with the code PASSION at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code PASSION at manscaped.com. Hop into the best deal of the year with Manscaped. Today's episode is sponsored in part by... Some friends of ours that we've had for a while. Yeah, you know, Adventure with the show, Challenge. The Adventure Challenge. And they have something new. They've got the mini dates. The mini dates. So this this scene is so familiar, isn't it? That you, it's the end of the day, you finish dinner, the kids are going to bed, and you're like, how could we capture a little bit of time, just us? Right. But I don't know what to do because we always just fall back to the old, well, let's just watch a show or turn on something on Netflix or catch a movie. And if it's anything like us, if we sit down and do that... We will uh, wind up one of us going to sleep. I'm we not will. saying names or anything. It, it, <laughs> it, it just it would be you though. They would they would it wind would, up going to sleep. It would be me. It would totally be me. These are pretty cool though. They've got it's little cards with uh, it's a scratch off. Yep. So it's a surprise to both of you, kind of, and thus adventure. I love their name, Adventure Challenge, because it's an adventure to both of you. Neither of you know know for sure what's going on. They give you some tips. Give you some. Yep. And each of them can be completed in under thirty minutes. You can keep it going longer if you want. Mm-hmm. And most of them have no cost. It's usual, utilizing the things that are already around you right. or just being creative. And so get yours today at theadventurechallenge.com and get 20% off off your entire order with our code PM20. Again, that's theadventurechallenge.com. Get 20% off your entire order when you use our special code PM20. Well, it is a privilege to be joined by Abby Davidson, uh, who, I mean, you've got a... a, a an interesting background, Abby, on um, a, lead, a, a thought expert, a social expert. I mean, there's a lot of different things, even working for Gap, if I remember uh, the information right. And so I the, beg the first question of how did your journey uh, and how you've evolved lead to this book? Uh, well, thank you so much, Corey. This is great to be here. And yes, it's been a, a winding road, not a straight shot, like many interesting <laughs> journeys in life. Uh, so the book Money and Love is based on a course that I took 15 years ago when I was in business school. And 
my career has been at the intersection of the public, private, and nonprofit sectors. As you mentioned, I've mm -hmm. worked uh, in all three in the area of social innovation, trying to leave the world a bit better through ways that haven't been tried before. And so right. I went to business school because I had spent time in the nonprofit and public sectors, and I was looking to take some of those ideas um, and get more of a corporate experience so that I could be an effective communicator across all three sectors, an effective partnership broker. And so I found myself at Stanford Business School and uh, ended up meeting someone there who I then started dating. And we had been dating about a year when we took this course with uh, a labor economist. She was the first uh, female faculty member hired by Stanford back in the 70s. Okay. And she pioneered this course. It was called Work and Family. And it was about all the big decisions that you would need to make in life as someone intending to combine work and family, money and love. And uh, it was full of data. She's a labor economist by training. So lots of data, lots of guest speakers. And my husband and I were taking this class at a time where we, oh, well, I, spoiler alert, he then became my husband. Oh, okay. To, to jump ahead. Um, yes, to I jump get you. ahead. Yes. Uh, so this man I was dating for a, a year, we're take, I was taking this class with him at a time when we needed to decide, do we uh, look for jobs in the same city? Do we end up living together? Mm -hmm. um, are we on this path towards a marriage, a deeper yeah. relationship? And it was really intimidating to have these conversations after only dating for a year. But because of the encouragement of the class and my professor who became my co-author, we were able to have some really fundamentally important conversations all about money and love and what was important to us. And did we want kids and what religion did we want them to be raised in? And, you know, big topics. And so, you know, fast forward um, 15 years, we uh, have gone back as guest speakers in that class. We've both been um, climbing the respective ladders in our, our fields. I was at The Gap, as you mentioned, uh, corporate for about a decade. And the further I got out from the class, the more that I realized that it really profoundly changed my life. And, and the approach that we took in the class was one that everyone should have access to, not just the people who had the you know privilege and opportunity to be in the class. And so I wrote the book with my co-author in order to do just that, to give more people a framework for making the biggest decisions of their lives so that they would have more confidence, feel more empowered and find more meaning and purpose in their life. And that's so good because, you know, you're, you're touching on some of the big ones that we have to make decisions about, right? That there's aspects of life in relationship or not, but they're particularly troublesome and uh, insidious at times when you're talking about adding a marital context to it or a relationship context to it, because I could have a certain way I want to do things, which is not the way my wife wants to do them. Shocking. I know. Um, but, <laughs> but it's recognizing that, okay, that makes it even all the more important that we figure out how do we navigate these things? What is, what are, the, the best ideas, the best frameworks like you're describing. And then also what are the ways not to do it? And so, I mean, you're teeing it up perfectly. Um, walk me through, because I've, I've, I've gone through the book and, and I already know the answer to this question, but the people that are li listening to this may be don't yet. So walk me through 
what are some of these frameworks? So our big framework, which is designed to be flexible, so you can apply it to any life decision, big or frankly, even small, uh, but sturdy. So it, it actually is the same shape, if you will, across all those decisions is called the five C's. And I'll run through them and then we can go deeper on, on any of the C's that you think your listeners would be interested in hearing more about. So it starts with clarify, clarify what is important to you. Second C is communicate. As you mentioned, you're not making these decisions most likely in isolation. So it's <laughs> right. very important that you right. talk to anyone affected by the decision. Uh, if you're in a, a marriage, that will be your, your spouse, your partner. Um, the third is to consider a broad range of choices. The fourth is to check in with friends, family, and trusted resources. And the fifth C is to explore the likely consequences of your decision. Okay. Okay. And so let, let's kind of take them one by ten, one by one uh, with the idea of clarify, because I, uh, some of this I love because you're putting together some building blocks of things that when you, when you hear it, I remember when I came across, it's like, well, duh, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, th those are those things that it's, they're right in front of our face, but we never kind of synthesize it to, a, to this kind of degree. And so when you're talking about clarify, what, what are you meaning? Yeah, well, that's exactly what we've heard from the folks who have tested out the framework. And I should say we, my co-author and I, have personally road tested this over a number of years and applied it to um, our own life decisions. And but the, but the feedback we've gotten is that, yes, it's not rocket science. This isn't like a, a magic um, silver bullet or a bolt of lightning that's going to automatically make you make the right decision, but it does give you more confidence in your approach and therefore more self-assurance as you move through life. So, so when we say clarify, um, it's really important to think about the things that are most important to you. And that, again, it sounds kind of logical, right? Yeah. Think about what's most important, but the truth is that we are so influenced by what we might have been raised to think is most important or what society tells us we should care about. Um, so it's really not that easy to untangle our own personal values and wants and desires from that of important influences to us. So, so the, when we say clarify what's most important to you, it is really to you and not to, you know, your parents or your, uh, teacher who had a big influence on you. Um, so a lot of times that could look like doing an exercise to understand your own personal values. There's lots of them online that people can access. Um, it could also look at paying attention to what gets you really um, fired up. You know, if you read an article in a paper or online and you're like, that's not fair or that's terrible, you know, that is touching on a important right. value. Um, right. And so that's information. Something's triggered in that, right. Exactly. Some, something that's, that's meaning and foundational to you. It's triggering that because I hear I hear the word clarify and I immediately jump to the terminology I use, which is the meanings. Mm -hmm. Right. What's the meaning I've attached to whatever the things is, because one of the one of the truisms I have in married life is we don't fight about things. We fight about the meanings attached to the things. Totally. And and so clarifying is you're describing what's underneath it, because it's not just let's save. Well, saving means something. 
and I want to reach this certain amount because that means something. And you're, you're describing if you can open that up, I think that fits right into um, the other one of the other C's, which is the choices. Right. Because maybe if I've clarified some stuff, I realize, wait, I, I'm not as locked in on a narrow path that I have to have it this way. I actually have a few more variety of ways I can go because my clarification helped widen the scope. Absolutely. And I, I think you made such a good point that often when we think about our budgets and our money, it is an expression of our values. Um, it is a way that we say, hey, this is actually important to me to spend. Um, and I, even though I might be a, you know, a saver, I think it's okay to um, have a craft beer with my partner every week. Or I think, you know, I love um, being out in nature with my family. So I'm going to make sure we have really good rain gear. So if you're in the rainy season, you know, we're still able to go outside. So those sorts of things are are telling uh, and they're very connected. And to your point about choices, we get very um, kind of locked in to almost tunnel vision, kind of the binary choices when we're, especially when we're facing a big life decision. So as often um, people think about, well, should I marry this person or break up with them? Right. Those are right. very extremes. <laughs> there might be. <laughs> oh, Those are big ones. Yes. Yeah. There might be a whole host of options in between or same thing with, you know, should I take this job or, you know, or should I go for the promotion or should I quit my job? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are, again, like pretty extreme paths within. Right. Should we within, have another child or are we done or should we have a child at all? I mean, all of those are big, big things we're describing. Right. And so, you know, to this, to the point of generating additional choices, you know, it can be helpful to try to think about um, what you might be missing when you're just locked into those binary choices. So are there, are there some options in between? And I'll give you an example. Um, in the, in the height of the pandemic, um, I have, my husband and I have two young kids and they were both on Zoom school for a very long time. And we were feeling really um, tight in our small footprint home. And we felt like, oh, we just, if we had more space, I think everyone felt this way, but we felt if we had more space, everything would be easier. And, you know, uh, we would all not be on top of each other. We'd all get along. And so, you know, the idea is, well, do we, do we move to a completely different city um, and get more space? And it turned, you know, we kind of chased down some of our information and it ran the numbers. And it turns out that, you know, it, it didn't actually make financial sense for us to do that based on, again, what we clarified as our long-term goals. But one of the things that was um, became clear in that process is that I did need more space for my office. I was working out of my kid's bedroom with their bunk bed behind me and Lego pieces on the floor. And um, that was not conducive to, uh, to, creative uh, work. And so I, I ended up renting a separate office space. So I'm talking to you today from, you know, a different space. It, it wasn't initially something I thought about as a choice, right? Um, but when you take the time to think about all the different places in between stay in our house and move, finding creative ways to expand the space that we have um, at our, you know, to, to use was another option that we ended up working out. Oh, that's, that's so good. What, what came to my mind when we were talking about this right before was something that's much less on the uh, high, on, high on the scale of 
uh, I'm married to a wife, a woman, um, Pam, that uh, she is the one that uh, from just some of the things she loves doing is the thrift store sh- shopping, the bargain shopping, the, hey, I'm going to get that on sale. I had the clearance racks right off, you know, just that's kind of who she is and for sure who she was. And one of the things we recognized is she would always come home with bargain shoes early in our marriage. And then they looked cute and they were cheap. You know, they were inexpensive at least because they were on sale. Well, there's a reason they were inexpensive also is because they're not as comfortable maybe over the long day. And so she'd come home and her feet would hurt. Well, her grandmother had a saying of spoil your feet because that matters, which usually then means you're going to be spending much more than you would on a sale pair of shoes. And so that's finally, that actually came true just the other night. We She bought a new pair of shoes and we're out walking and she's like, I absolutely love these things. And they're a whole lot more than I wanted to spend, but, and I already knew where she was going, spoil your feet, which that's a different clarification of who she was than where she is now of recognizing there's a different meaning attached to, well, it's a cute pair of shoes versus no, these actually serve a purpose that'll last longer. You know, so in the long run, she's like, she's an accountant. So she's she already probably ran the numbers too. Of, I can get this many more years out of it and I'll end up, it was cheaper than buying the cheap pair anyway. And, you know, but it's just, all of that is kind of what you're describing with some of these C's. It's just when I can clarify it and I can get to the deeper components, I get a chance to realize some different choices, which are fit better with where I am, what I want to be, what's, what's, what's better for me in that situation. Absolutely. And that, that example, it kind of brings up um, the last C, which is consequences. So, you know, going with the shoe example, cause I, I also believe in fewer, better things. Right. And so you might spend. <laughs> you and I both. Yep. You and I you both own more. some things, but make them good things. Yes. That's right. Um, you might spend more uh, on an item than you would, you know, if you bought the, the cheap option, but the consequence of buying, you know, five pairs of shoes at, you know, $20 each is that you're going to, they're not going to last you very long. So the short term, you know, yes, you're spending less, but you're going to have to buy five of them over, you know, the course of a year or whatever. Um, And if you just invested in a pair of shoes that were maybe a little bit more expensive, let's call it, you know, $150, that's going to last you five plus years, right? And so if you think about consequences, we're so wired as humans to focus on the short term, to think about what's right in front of us. But if you think about, force yourself to kind of think about the short term as, you know, let's say the next zero to six months, then the medium term, six months to say two years, and long term, say two plus years, you'll realize that the impact of your decisions might look very different over the medium and long term horizons. And so by giving yourself an exercise, and we have exercises at the end of every chapter in the book, um, it helps you, helps trick your brain uh, away from some of these biases that we have as humans to think Mm -hmm. about um, consequences in a different way. Yeah, that's the thing that jumped out to me when going through this was how much our family of origin is is just such an ingrained, this is just the way you do things. This is just the way you're supposed to do things. This is the right way to do things rather than now there's no morality 
we're actually talking about. These aren't moral things, you know, shoes. There's no, <laughs> even a larger house or an office, you know, there's no morality structure here, really. It's just what fits my circumstance best, what fits with with the path and the journey we've got best. And so then you're just talking about what's comfortable. That's I think that's largely why we have these traditions, right, of a family of origin, because it's it's what I've known that, you know, I love the classic story. And I'm, I heard this from a client. So I don't know if she was giving me the classic preacher story, which means it didn't actually happen in her family, but it seems like it's fun. It's more fun to tell it in the first person, but she always uh, made a roast and cut the ends off of the roast before putting it in the pan to cook. And then one day her husband's, why do you do that? And she said, I don't know. So she called her mom and her mom said, well, I don't know. Grandma would do that. So, all right. so fortunately, grandma was still alive. So called grandma. Grandma, why do you cut the ends off the roast? Because it wouldn't fit in the pan otherwise. And so <laughs> it became a tradition of how the fa- how the family cooked a roast because two, three generations prior, it wouldn't fit in the pan. And now all of a sudden it became the way you're supposed to cook a roast. And it's just that's such a classic example of we just do things so robotically at times that we never actually take the chance to break things down like the five C's to really make a better informed decision. It's so true. I mean, our family of origin is what we know. It's, it's what familiar, what's familiar, what um, we see when we're growing up. And, mm-hmm. you know, the saying is you can't see what you can't be, what you can't see is so right. true. And so one of the things that uh, is so important is the, the check-in step. Um, and that, and I love that we're talking about these out of order because this is not a linear process. This is exactly. you know, kind of very iterative. So yep. it's actually perfect because you'll go back around um, just as you might have to clarify something once and then re-clarify it. The check-in step can be very helpful to broaden your, um, you know, set of influences and set of uh, role models. And and so um, it can be both with people. And it can be with published studies. And so it's interesting in the um, example that I was sharing about looking for a new house, uh, I had this hypothesis, my husband and I thought that if we had more space, we would all be happier, we would get along better. But actually, when I was doing the research for the book, I came across a published study that talked about, um, it found that actually the number of square feet of a home is not actually a predictor of how well a family gets along. You would think that, okay, you have more and more and more space and therefore everyone gets along better if they're not all sharing one bathroom or, well, you know, you might want more than one bathroom um, in order to get along. But, you know, especially with families with boys, which I have two young boys, it can actually, um, more space actually can make the family um, feel less connected and less um, kind of harmonic harmonious. And and so that was a really interesting resource when I did the check-in because I grew up in a a big house in the suburbs and we live in the city and it's a much smaller home. And it was really helpful for me to see that published study to say, hey, it's not all about getting the big house in the suburbs so that, you know, I can raise my kids exactly the way that I was raised. It's about understanding the research that's out there, what's important to us again, and making some choices um, based on what what we care about, not just again what we're wired to um, right. to be uh, familiar with. 
And Abby, I love that idea of the check-in, particularly with the nuance like you're describing here of it's not just going to your normal everyday yes man or woman group of people that are just, they're just there to support you, not necessarily confront you, (laughs) right? Those are the fun friends to go out and have dinner with, but they're not the ones you bounce all your ideas off of because they may not give you any pushback when you're way out off the deep end, right? So you're describing the importance of the variety of seeking out what are some things I don't know about this subject? Because I believe we all got blind spots like you're describing of, well, my view, you know, that's the world we live in, particularly with the connected social media company world, it's echo chambers, you know, that if you, if you just stay in one, you just see because of algorithms that one, you never get the other side unless you're intentional about that. And so I love the component of, I need to seek some feedback but from a variety of, of sources, not just from a couple. It's true. And it really depends on the type of decision that you're confronting, because there are some decisions where it is helpful to hear from a wide variety. So take the example of someone who might have paused their career to raise a family, and then they're ready to go back into the workplace. And um, it is very helpful. There's lots of research showing that the more people you tell and the more, you know, we call them weak ties. It's not our inner circle, but it's, you know, the their circles and their, you know, sisters, neighbors, mm-hmm. dog walker circle. Um, they can be very helpful because they surface potential leads to us right. that we might not already know about. So that might be a situation where you actually do want to check in with as many people as possible and tell them what you're interested in doing and hear their thoughts. The decision to have a child or to have another child, on the other hand, might not be one that you want to talk with everyone about. You know, everyone's going to have very strong opinions. Often people want to justify their own choices. And so that might be one. We talked to a survey respondent. Uh, We did a survey uh, as part of our research. And this person said, I intentionally only talked to a very few people about that very personal decision because I didn't want to be uh, influenced by everyone's opinion. It wasn't until later when I knew what I wanted that I then wanted to reach out. So it's, it can really depend uh, how far you want to take the, the, the um, number of check-ins. Yeah. And I think that to me, I hear all of this as recognizing that, um, I'm not alone in have in helping figure out things that I, I have, I have resources, I have people. Um, and I just need to be wise about that on the hierarchy of whatever it might be, right. That there could be something that is a, a much more personal thing that like, like you're describing, they're just justifying or projecting their component of it. Not actually in your corner. They're just, it's about them in that instance, but then there's other elements where like sometimes that's good to hear because you have maybe never even thought about it. And so I think it's good to just include that step. I mean, I'm loving that step just because it's important because we're more informed then, which just empowers me all the more to to make the choice, to make the decision and move forward. Absolutely. And, and we do often feel um, very lonely when we're grappling with big decisions. And mm-hmm. so to your point, 
talking to people who have faced these types of decisions and moved through them and, you know, anything that you can do to feel less alone and to feel more in control, putting yourself in the driver's seat of your own destiny is so important. That's good. So Abby, how can, um, anybody that's heard this thus far, how can they find more and, and the book and, and just what it is you're up to, how can they find you? We have a website for the book. It's moneylovebook.com. So that's the best place to go. And they can also find me on social media. I'm at abby.davison on Instagram and at abbydavison on Twitter. Okay, perfect. Well, Abby, thank you so much. Um, and all the best on, on the book and its impact of getting that framework out there. Because, man, if we can empower people to help feel better about the decisions they need to make and a roadmap therein, uh, I think everybody <laughs> gets better. So thank you. Thanks for having me. I absolutely agree. So it's fun to think about the fact that uh, all the other aspects of life that impact marriage and money being one of the big ones. Right. Yeah. If you think about it, the main stressors that come across my uh, office are money, sex, children, in-laws. Those are always the four (laughs) that seem to be the biggest pressure, trigger points, uh, tension points in marriage. Yeah. And so if we can find ways like this to help, what are some ways to get into the nuance of that? Yeah. That's where her, her work is really valuable. Absolutely. Well, if you like the show, you can help us out. Leave us a, a comment, rate and review the show, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, however you listen, because your comments help us spread the word and help other people frame their conversations and actions that they can be taken to propel life forward. Transcripts are available on each of the show's notes on each of the episode's pages. Advertisers, deals, and discounts are also available at each of the episode's pages at passionatelymarried.net. Please consider supporting those who support the show. So wherever you are, however you've taken some time out to spend it with us, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.